Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Bryn Wise, and you are listening to the Grace Mama Grace podcast. I am a mom who struggles with mom guilt, and I am working tirelessly to overcome it. It is my mission to help you remember that you are enough, exactly the way you are. You are the mother your children need, and you are perfect as a mother just because you love your kids. Let's do this. Hello, my beautiful friends. I am so amped to be chatting with you today. It's actually my Ellie girl's birthday today, and she's off with her dad at her one-year annual checkup with our pediatrician, and I thought this was an absolutely perfect topic for today as I sit here and reflect about her, her birth a year ago, and just how beautiful life is and the process of birth is. And I know as women, those of us who've had babies, we love, love to chat about our birth stories. It is amazing to me how often it comes up, even with the same people, whether or not either of us are pregnant, it's just so fun to talk about birth stories and that all the little things, all the details, all the ins and outs and reflecting and recalling and hearing other mama's warrior stories. And I love it. It is one of my favorite things to talk to other moms about. And my youngest sister is pregnant with her second. She's the one that I had on as a guest two weeks ago. And she's about to give birth in just a couple weeks. And with Ellie's birthday and thinking about meeting my new niece in just a couple weeks, it's just had me thinking about birth a lot lately. And I really wanted to chat today about birth and share a little backstory of where I came from in the birthing process and, and everything. So I had a really good friend that I lived in her basement. And when I say really good friend, she's like 20 or 30 years older than me. Okay. But like we were friends and I love her with everything that I am. And she had seven, maybe eight kids and every single one of her kids, she was able to give birth without medication. And I just like, oh my gosh, this woman was one of those just powerhouses inside and out, just like the person I want to be, the daughter of God that I wanted to emulate. She was an incredible wife, an incredible member of our community, just such a giving and loving person and such an incredible and loving mom. And I just, I emulate, I wanted to emulate her. And I just really, really looked up to her. And so I was talking to a couple of my friends. I was pregnant with my first and I wanted to give the whole unmedicated childbirth thing a try. And, um, this, this woman that I lived underneath, her name was Anna Lee. And she told me that it brought her closer to the savior than any other experience she had ever had because she was willing to go through so much pain and hardship and trial for this person that she loved. And although it is obviously not the same thing as the atonement, it helped her to understand the savior a little bit more and to feel like she connected with him on a deeper level because she was able to go through this painful experience 
that was also very beautiful for someone she loved. And I loved that. And it was with that in mind that I was like, okay, like I want to do this unmedicated childbirth thing. Like I want to do it. And so I, I learned about hypnobirthing. I went to the classes every single week. I was diligent about doing the homework. I did the meditations. I was like a plus student. Okay. So excited. So ready to, to do this hypnobirthing thing. And I went into labor on my own at 40 weeks and three days. And um, just a little plug, I wasn't planning to share this, but I feel prompted to, so I will. But the day that I passed my due date with my son was like one of the hardest days of my whole life. And I was so mad. I was so mad because I was just so excited to meet him and I just really wanted him to come and that was in our birthing class. That was one of the things she really emphasized of like, don't give your kids a due date. Like what, when you think of due dates, like what do they bring you? Like stress, like you have a due date on your library book. You have a due date on a test. When you're in school, you have due dates on exams or whatever, like it's due at a certain time. And that just that word, it's kind of stressful. And so don't give your child a due date. Give them the opportunity to pick their own birthday. Let them come when they are ready, when they feel fully developed, and let them come when they're ready to join your family. And so I, I went into labor on my own at 40 weeks and three days. And um, I, but on the day after my due date, I was trying to get some peace of like not being so mad <laughs> that he wasn't here yet. And so I went to the temple, which for those of you who are not familiar with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the temple is a place where we go to worship. And um, I've referenced it in a previous podcast. You have to be 11 or older to be able to go into the temple, but you have to either... Um, be married or be a returned missionary or a missionary or someone who has come of age. There's no like set age, but just it's more of a maturity thing. If you never went on a mission and you never have been married, you can just speak with your ecclesiastical leader and, you know, I feel mature. I feel ready to go through the temple to make covenants with my father in heaven and further my spiritual progression. And so I was sitting in a room um, that's called the celestial room and it's all white and it's so beautiful and it's so peaceful and it's so quiet and it's just absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous. And the spirit in the room is just so strong and so peaceful. And I was in that room and I just was sitting there reflecting about childbirth and being so excited to meet my son. And I was praying for peace, for the knowledge of, okay, when, when do I get to meet this cute little boy? And um, the spirit spoke to my heart and my mind. Uh, and it came from the perspective, not from Holland, but instead from my father in heaven. And it sounded like, I love this little boy so much. He's going to be with you for the next a lot of years. Please let me just enjoy him for a few more days and he will come when he's ready. And it immediately just put me in my place. Like 
Heavenly Father is going to be separated from this little boy for years. And to Heavenly Father's knowledge, you know, Holland has his choice and Holland gets his own agency. And when he comes to earth, he gets to pick and choose what he wants to do and who he wants to become. And Heavenly Father may never see him again. I hope that's not the case. I hope Holland chooses to love God and to make the choices necessary to go back to him and be in his presence again. But there's really no guarantees, right? The atonement is real. And if Holland wants to repent, he can and he will, and he'll be welcomed with open and loving arms from our Savior and from our Father in heaven. But I can't even imagine from Heavenly Father's perspective, what that must feel like to let this beautiful spirit child go with the potential knowledge, knowing I might not ever see them again. I might not ever see them again because they might choose not to love me after all is said and done. And it really put into perspective to me, oh my gosh, I can wait. (laughs) I can wait two more days. I can wait two more days. Heavenly Father, I will let you enjoy my little boy for two more days. Or And at that point, obviously, I didn't know how much longer it was going to be. And um, I did go into labor on my own at 40 weeks and three, two days technically, but I was in labor for 23 hours. Okay. And I missed my (laughs) sister's wedding and it was not happy. I was really bummed about it, but it, I could tell that story and it could be an entire episode in and of itself. But suffice it to say that Holland's birth did not go the way that I'd hoped or planned. I, yes, I went into labor on my own, but it was a very long labor and I, my water didn't break on its own. They ended up needing to help me break my water. And I got stuck at a seven for seven hours, you guys. I was progressing very quickly in the morning. I went from like a four to a seven in like an hour. I was so excited. And then I got stuck at a seven for seven hours. And I tried everything that I had, my homework and all the things. I I got in a bath. I did my breathing. I did my aromatherapy stuff. I did bouncing on a ball and like doing the wiggle thing on the birthing ball. And like, if you're familiar with hypnobirthing, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you don't, it's okay. But I tried everything and I was just getting to that point where I was just so disheartened and I, I wasn't really concerned for the health of Holland. He was doing, he was doing great. He was doing okay. But my, my nurse midwife came in three times. And when I had been stuck at a seven and like, do you want to get an epidural so that you can progress? And cause your body is not progressing on its own. And I was like, no, let, let me try X, Y, Z. Right. And so then I would go try something. Um, and I took a bath and then I progressed half a centimeter. <laughs> and then she came in like two hours later when I was still seven and a half. Right. And do you want to get an epidural? No, let me try X, Y, Z. So I went on a walk or did birthing ball stuff. And she came in a third time do you want to get an epidural so that your body can progress? And at that point, I just felt like the biggest failure in the world. And 
I had done everything that I knew how. I had righteous desires, right? I wanted to have this beautiful bonding experience with my son, with my husband, with our savior. And I just felt like like the biggest failure ever that I my body wasn't progressing on its own. And my husband and I ultimately opted yes that we would get the epidural because I I wanted a healthy happy baby and I <laughs> labor was hard at that point. It was 17 hours unmedicated and I was just tired. My husband was doing like counter pressure every time I had a contraction and had been since one o'clock in the morning that at the time I got an epidural, it was probably like seven o'clock at night. Honestly, I don't know hundred percent off the top of my head, but it, it, it had been a long time with no relief, no progress. And we were just tired and I couldn't eat and I, we were just tired. <laughs> and so ultimately we did, we opted for the epidural. It took about an hour for, um, the, oh my gosh, the word just left me. The guy who comes and gives you an epidural to, he, it took about an hour for him to come and he gave me an epidural and it was great. I had no negative side effects. Um, we realized that the reason I stopped progressing was because my husband, not my husband, Holland's head was asynclitic, which means it was sideways and turned instead of tucked like it should be. And so we got stuck. We ended up, I needed a second degree episiotomy, meaning they snipped me twice and they ended up having to use forceps to get him out because even with pushing, like just because his head wasn't in the proper birthing position, he just wouldn't come out. And, and so he did come out, he was born 23 hours and it, it was just beautiful and blissful. He was healthy. I was healthy. Everything was great. But I just remember this weight of what am I going to tell everyone, everyone that I, that knows that I was attempting unmedicated? What am I going to tell my birthing instructor? What am I going to tell my friend that I went through the class with? What am I going to tell my family, my, my in-laws, my parents, my everything, because this was really important to me and this really mattered to me. And I worked really hard for 40 weeks for nothing, right? Not for nothing, but ultimately I didn't achieve quote unquote what I wanted to achieve. At least that's what I was telling myself in my head, right? But the more I reflected on it, the more I realized, what was I trying to achieve? I was trying to give birth to a healthy, beautiful baby. Did I do that? Yes, I did. Am I close to my savior? Yes, I am. Did I achieve an unmedicated childbirth? No, I did not. But are there other ways to grow in my relationship with my savior? Are there other ways to grow in my belief in the atonement and of the pain that Christ went through outside of unmedicated childbirth? Yes. Yes, there are. It's not this or that or nothing or whatever, right? And just a little plug right here, okay? You've noticed I've been saying unmedicated childbirth this whole time. And that was something that was introduced to me by my birthing teacher, my hypnobirthing teacher, um, just because sometimes when it's very natural, <laughs> no pun intended, for us to say natural childbirth versus 
I don't know. I don't know what the opposite of that is, right? But when when someone goes unmedicated or gives birth without medication, we say they went natural, right? Or they had a natural childbirth. And my birthing teacher really just like, honestly, mamas, that's shaming for all the moms who don't do unmedicated because we are insinuating that their birth was unnatural. And that is not true. They had medicine to help them. And there is nothing unnatural about that. It's okay for people to have medicated births. It's okay if people need to be induced, if they need Pitocin. It's okay if they need a C-section. It's okay if they need painkillers. There is nothing unnatural about that. That's beautiful and amazing that we have this incredible medicine to help us in all of those areas. And so she really drove home the point, like, mama, stop saying natural childbirth. Every birth is natural whether it was vaginal, whether it was with medication or without, whether it was a C-section, every birth is natural. There's no unnatural births. It's medicated or unmedicated. So I just really want to share that with you because that really opened up my eyes for not shaming those other mamas like me, <laughs> who need an epidural to give birth, right? There is nothing unnatural about the fact that I needed an epidural. So I just want to invite you to, to watch your verbiage around that. So then when I was going to have birth, give birth to my Alila girl, I wanted to try again. I wanted to try again. And I was even more prepared. I was more diligent about doing my meditations daily. I didn't attend the class this time, but I studied up on all the things. I did my meditations like a mad woman and I printed out like inspirational stuff to hang on the wall. I was so ready. Okay. And I didn't go into labor on my own and I had low fluids with her. And I went to my 41 week appointment and my OB or my nurse midwife said, I cannot in good conscience tell you that you can stay pregnant over the weekend. Cause it was a Friday. I was 41 weeks on a Friday. And so I was like, okay. I mean, ultimately I, I want to have a beautiful, healthy daughter more than I want to give birth unmedicated. And so I went in, my water did end up breaking on its own while we were there getting ready to be put on Pitocin. Um, but I did get Pitocin. I, I still was attempting unmedicated, but this time I just had to like carry a cart around with me and they had to have me lay down every half hour to monitor and everything. But I still, I didn't have any medication and I made it 11 hours. I want to say, um, I think, yeah, again, I should have brushed up on the details, but it's okay. It doesn't matter. I made it quite a long time without medication, but then again, I was at a seven and they were going to come check me and the contractions were just getting so intense, so intense. And I was on Pitocin and I was 41 weeks pregnant and I didn't go into labor on my own. So I was already disappointed about that fact. And I was just, I had a little bit of PTSD of like, I don't want them to come check me and to tell me that I'm stuck at a seven again. 
because that happened last time and I'm not ready to hear seven for the next seven hours because this is already really hard. And I've been pregnant for 41 weeks <laughs> and uh, I'm doing the Pitocin thing and this sucks. <laughs> so how about let's just be done. Let's just get an epidural. And I knew I was at a seven. I got an epidural. Thankfully, he came very quickly. I, I had an epidural again. And my, my shame of myself wasn't as deep this time. It was like, a, honestly, you know what? I tried again, but Pitocin is no joke. And being pregnant for 41 weeks is no joke. And you know what? It's okay. Because I don't have any weird side effects with epidurals. And I feel good. And my baby feels good. And I'm just going to feel good about this. And I remember being still in labor with Elila and looking at Blake after I got the epidural and just, I told him, okay, with number three, we're just not even going to attempt unmedicated. We're just going to go straight for the epidural. I just want to see, I just want to see what it's like. And maybe I'll think it's lame. Maybe I'll think like, wow, that was way too easy. Never mind. I want to go back to unmedicated and maybe I'll love it. <laughs> but with number three, I just want to go straight with the epidural. Okay. So fast forward, Ellie girl, <laughs> it's her birthday today. That's exactly what we did. <laughs> I again, wanted to go into labor on my own. And that is the one thing that I've been the most passionate about because of that experience that I shared with you earlier um, about the experience that I had in the celestial room because I wanted all uh, I, I want all of my children to pick when they leave their father in heaven to pick when when their father in heaven is ready to send them down to pick when their bodies are ready not when I give them a due date but when they are ready. And that is not me shaming any mamas who want to get induced, who need to get induced, who for their mental health just need a date or the C-section. I mean, obviously has to be scheduled. You got to know when you're going in. That is not me saying any sort of shame on you, mama, if you're someone who loves inductions or loves your C-section appointment. This is just me personally and what I wanted for my own children. Um, so with my Ellie girl, I wanted to go into labor on my own. And again, I didn't go into labor on my own and my OB, okay, 41 weeks, you, you got to get induced. I don't want you to go past 41 weeks. And I told her, okay, okay. So we had a date scheduled for 41 weeks and my husband had bought tickets to the 10 X growth con with Grant Cardone and it was local to us. And he was going to have to drive like 45 minutes to get there. He already had tickets. He really wanted to go. I didn't buy tickets because I figured I was going to have like a little baby at that point. Um, but I totally could have had tickets and gone with him and it, I would have been super, super, super pregnant, but I totally could have gone. But he, he went and I asked my OB, we already have these tickets. I've been pregnant for this long. Can we just can I just be pregnant for three more days so that he can go to this growth con and we don't waste our, our tickets and he can go and have this opportunity. And our, at that point, like our finances were struggling. We were really struggling. And so I really wanted him to be able to go to like get that like oomph of mojo and yay. And let's, let's rock and let's change our financial situation. Right. So 
and then he could share all the takeaways with me so that I could also have that high uh, from him. So I stayed pregnant for <laughs> four more days. It ended up being because they, they don't do inductions. Um, he could have, we could have gone in Saturday night because the growth conference ended Saturday night and Sunday morning, really. But um, they don't do induction Saturday nights or Sunday mornings. So they did it Sunday night. And she ended up being born Monday afternoon because my body did not, and I mean, did not go into labor on its own, like at all. There was nothing. I had Braxton Hicks, but I was like not hardly dilated at all. Um, she was still at a negative two station. I was hardly effaced, like, like nothing. And I was 41 weeks and three days when I went to get induced and I was still so not ready birthing wise that they ended up, they couldn't even start me on Pitocin right away. They had to give me a different medicine. I can't remember the name of it right now, but they had to give me a different medicine to help to soften my cervix. And then after it was softened, then they could give me Pitocin and then we could start the process. And it was just like, oh my word, like this girl just wants to stay in forever. <laughs> like She just wants to stay with her father in heaven forever. And I've joked many times this past year, like that she knew what 2020 was going to bring. And she just wanted to stay in heaven as long as she could <laughs> until mom really had to kick her out. So that is exactly what happened. And as soon as I could, the Pitocin contractions were getting heavy and hard. And I, as soon as I could, I wanted that epidural and I didn't even attempt unmedicated. And it was beautiful. Like it was so great. It was so, so great. And my husband and I watched Men in Black, like, and we were just watching it and like, oh, I don't know what I'm dilated to. Am I even really in labor? Oh yeah, look, there was a contraction. There it went. Okay, well, I feel great. So whatever. And we watched Men in Black and Blake went and got Chick-fil-A for lunch. And then like 10 minutes later, she was born. And it was like so awesome. It was so awesome. And I just remember thinking like, wow, this is really great. Like, this was so so great. And I have no feelings of shame or guilt or anything because I tried and failed and whatever. Right. And I think so many times as moms, I hope for your case that no one has ever shamed you and your birth story. I hope that no one ever does. And I think our shame and our guilt is very, very internal that we wanted to give birth vaginally and we weren't able to and had a C-section. And for whatever reason, we just feel like a failure because of that. We wanted to give birth unmedicated. And for whatever reason, we opted for an epidural and therefore we feel like we failed. If you wanted to have skin to skin or be able to nurse right away, but your baby had to be carted away to the NICU and you couldn't hold him or her for several hours, we feel like a failure right? Because we weren't able to have that XYZ thing or do that XYZ thing. And I think so many times, mamas, we just have to, we have to give ourselves grace. We have to forgive ourselves and, it, and recognize that there is so many miracles that take place in the birthing process. And it is truly, truly incredible 
that so many mamas and babies are healthy on, on the other end of it. Yes, there are so many stories of moms who had huge scares and babies who have scares and have to stay in the NICU for a while or get surgery immediately or emergency, whatever, right? But I don't know the statistics, but from my personal experience and hearing my friends' stories, most people, they don't have that crazy of a story. It's, you know, they're both okay. They're both okay. Of course, there's definitely variation and excitement and craziness and awesomeness and joy and whoa and scary and ha and whatever, right? But there's no like traumatic stuff for the most part for most people. And yet we still walk away with so much, ah, I should have, I should have, I should have. I, I got an epidural, but I had him like a, an hour later and I was already dilated to a nine. So part of me just like kicks myself. Like, what if I had just waited or what if I X, Y, Z, or I wish I whatever, or even like going into nursing issues, like mamas who really wanted to nurse and their bodies just didn't produce milk and the shame and guilt that comes from that. Like, like mamas, we just, we just gotta give ourselves grace. And we need to own our stories for how beautiful they are. And if you haven't yet, I really, really want to challenge you to write your story, write your birthing story down somewhere, whether it's in a social media post, in a note in your phone that won't get lost, in a journal somewhere that you'll keep long-term. I don't, it doesn't matter anywhere. Write your story so that you can share it with your kids and write it from someone else's perspective without the shame, without the guilt, and just look at it in a beautiful, beautiful, miracle way because that is exactly what it is. It's beautiful and it's miraculous, and your baby is here and you are here. And Ultimately, isn't that what we all want? We just want to be healthy and we want our babies to be healthy too. And if you achieved that, if you and your baby are both here, there is nothing else that we ever could have asked for. And so celebrate that. Celebrate that even if your birth didn't go exactly the way you wanted it. And for all those mamas out there, who have had stillborn children or had to deliver a baby that they already knew had passed. My heart just goes out to you. I cannot even imagine how hard that must be and how heavy that must feel. And for those mamas who only get to hold their babies for a few hours, my heart just really goes out to you. And I want to honor your story. I want to honor every single one of you, mamas, for giving birth, for bringing children into this world, for having the courage to grow and stretch and strengthen yourself 
to be able to provide life for a child. I want to honor you and your body for all it was able to do in providing a house for this little spirit. Even if that baby didn't make it, even if you miscarried, even if that baby was stillborn, even if that baby has different abilities than most, no matter what your story is, you are beautiful and you are incredible and your body is amazing. And I believe very strongly that the plan of salvation is at the helm of everything that we do in this life. And the plan of salvation is that in a really short synopsis, essentially, we were in heaven before we came to earth. We are here on earth to be tested and tried to see if we love God and if we are willing to honor him, to serve him, to glorify him, to live worthy, to make it back to him, to believe in our savior, to repent of our sins, to preach his gospel, to testify of him, and then go back to him in the next life. And as moms, as humans, we just need a body to, to go through this life, right? To be tested and tried. And I believe personally that when a child has disabilities or when a child is stillborn or is miscarried or any of those things, my personal belief is that that child was so good, their spirit was so strong that their test didn't have to be long at all. They needed a body to check a box to say, yep, they left my presence and guess what? Now they're right back with me because I know that that soul was just so good. They don't even need a test. And I don't know if that's true, but it feels true to my heart. When I speak about that, I get warm chills all over my body, which to me is how the spirit speaks to me that I, I'm believing truth, that I'm speaking truth. And, and kids with different abilities, same thing. They didn't need to have a real test here. They're here to teach us. And they have shortened lives most of the time because they really didn't need a long test because God knew how good they already were. And they're here to teach us and to help us grow in love and in service. But they didn't need that huge test for themselves because they were already so good. They were already so good. So mamas out there, (laughs) whether it's with your birthing story, your pregnancy story, your nursing story, Whatever it is, I want to give you permission to own those stories and give yourself grace, whether or not they turned out the way you wanted them to. Please know that you are enough. 
exactly the way you are. Everything that I share in the closing of this podcast is something that I believe so strongly. You are the mother your children need. You are perfect just because you love your child. It doesn't matter how they came into this earth. It doesn't matter whether or not you were able to breastfeed them. It doesn't matter whether or not they have disabilities. It doesn't matter whether or not they were stillborn or miscarried. You are amazing. Your body is amazing. And you are doing better than you think you are. You really, really are. So mama, give yourself grace. Show yourself some love. And remember that you are loved by me, (laughs) by your father in heaven, by your savior, by your children. And you are enough. I'll talk to you next week. All right, you guys, that's it. Thank you for sticking around. If this message spoke to you today, please feel free to share it with someone you love. It would mean the world to me if you would leave this podcast a quick review from wherever you're listening from so that other mamas can find it too. Be sure to find me on Instagram so that we can be friends in real life. You can find me at Bryn Wise. Thank you for making the choice to become a mom. Thank you for loving your kids. Remember that you are doing better than you think you are. Remember to lean on your village. Remember the biggest contribution you make in this world might not be something you do, but someone you raise. And always remember to give yourself grace.